some of you have probably heard this before, but it bears repeating today. If a priest preaches more than 10 minutes, they say he's long-winded. If his homily is short, they say he didn't prepare it well. If the parish funds are in the black, they say he has business stabbing. If he mentions money, they say he's money mad. If he visits his parishioners, they say he's nosy. If he doesn't, they say he's a snob. If he has dinners in bazaars, they say he's bleeding the people. If he doesn't, they say there's no like in the parish. If he takes time in the reconciliation room to advise sinners, they say he takes too long. If he doesn't, they say he doesn't care. If he celebrates Mass in a quiet voice, they say he's boring. He puts emphasis in his words, they say he's an actor. He starts Mass on time, they say his watch must be fast. If he starts late, they say he's holding up the people. If he's young, they say he's inexperienced. If he's old, they say he ought to retire. Guess that last one applies to me now. <laughs> Probably a few of the others do as well, but we won't go there in this homily. Point of this reflection, of course, is that sometimes people have expectations of their priests and religious leaders that are excessive and unrealistic. Not even St. Peter or St. Paul could live up to them. And sadly, these unmet expectations sometimes cause people to leave the church and abandon their Catholic faith, and in some extreme cases, to lose their faith in Jesus entirely, and perhaps even to abandon their belief in God. One day a woman emailed me about a priest who embarrassed and humiliated her publicly. By the way, this didn't happen locally. Let me make clear. She was honest about the fact that it hurt her so deeply, she was tempted for a moment at least to abandon her faith entirely. Thankfully, she didn't. But others have in similar circumstances. The problem of religious leaders who don't practice what they preach is nothing new. It's certainly not something that's peculiar to the Catholic Church. Every religious group has experienced it, including the Jews of the first century. As Jesus makes clear in this gospel passage we just heard from Matthew 23, our Lord says there, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. One note of clarification here. There wasn't literally an old chair from the time of Moses that describes him that Pharisees took turns sitting on. The chair in this text is a symbol, symbol of authority, the symbol of the religious authority, the legitimate religious authority that the scribes and the Pharisees had in the Jewish community of the Torah. We employ that same symbolism in the Catholic Church today when we use the word cathedral to describe the principal church in a diocese. The English word cathedral comes from the Latin word cathedra, which means see. Cathedral, therefore, is the place where the bishop has his seat, which is literally a chair, a big chair, the presidential chair of the sanctuary, which only he is allowed to sit on during Mass. Fire and other priests celebrate Mass in a cathedral which I did. I celebrated for Mass for my nephew's wedding 
couple of months ago at the Cathedral of Providence. But when I did that, and when other priests do that at the cathedral, they have to yes, sit in another chair. Only the bishop can sit in the cathedral, because only he has that authority. The scribes and the Pharisees taught the people the Mosaic law. So in a certain sense, they possessed the authority of Moses in the first century Jewish community. Because they had legitimate authority, Jesus tells his disciples, you must obey them. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you. But do not follow their example, for they preach, but they do not practice. I think Jesus would say something similar to us today when we encounter an uncharitable priest, or bishop or deacon for that matter, like the woman did who I mentioned earlier in my homily. Jesus would say, yes, you must obey them when they tell you to live the gospel, but don't do the things they do. This is a very important message for you to take to heart, my brothers and sisters, because God does not want your faith damaged or destroyed by an unpleasant encounter with Father Pharisee, or when your parish priest doesn't meet your expectations in some way. And it can be damaged or destroyed in such circumstances, as I said earlier, especially if your expectations are excessive and unrealistic. Which leads, I would say, to a very interesting question. What should you expect of your priest? What are some realistic expectations you should have of your clergy? Well, here are a few that I think you should have. You should expect them to believe, not just in God and Jesus, but in also everything the Catholic Church teaches and professes to be revealed by God. Basically, that means everything in the Bible and in the Catechism. That's what we expect of converts to the faith, so it shouldn't be too much to expect the same thing of our clergy. You should expect them to teach those doctrines from the Bible and the Catechism, not their own personal opinions to their congregations. You should expect your bishop, priests, and deacons to acknowledge the fact that they're sinners on the same pilgrimage that you're on. Remember Pope Francis did this when he was elected to the papacy and was asked to describe himself. He said, I am a sinner. That's humility. That kind of humility goes a long way in ministry, believe me. You should expect your clergy to avoid scandalous behavior and to pursue holiness in their personal lives. That's just basic Christianity 101. You should expect your clergy to be obedient to the authorities that God has placed over them, especially their bishops. Some priests, unfortunately, are not obedient to their bishops. And yet they expect their parishioners to be obedient to them. That's road. You should expect your bishops, priests, and deacons to have the courage to address the hard issues of the day, like abortion, euthanasia, gay marriage, transgenderism, and the like. In other words, you should expect them not to be spiritual wimps. You should expect your priests, deacons, and bishops to avoid opulence and materialism. You should expect them to live simple, detached lives. You should expect them to care about the poor and those in need. You should expect them to be men of prayer. 
who even pray about their ministry so that God can help them to see what they're doing right, that they're doing wrong, and what he wants them to do next. And of course, you expect them to be men who are devoted to the sacraments of the church. Those are all reasonable, realistic expectations. There's nothing outlandish or excessive about them. So in closing, I asked him this morning to pray for us. Pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons of the church. Pray that we will meet or exceed these expectations in everything that we do. And if we do fail to meet them from time to time because of our human weaknesses, like the scribes and the Pharisees failed, I beg you, don't give up on your Catholic faith. It certainly don't stop praying for us, because that's where we need your prayers the most.